0: If you thought Oxygen Plus's 18th birthday interview with our founder Christine Warren was a hit, you're going to love this episode's bonus segment. A former psychotherapist, Christine talks about her experience as a female entrepreneur in the recreational oxygen industry and why she thinks people are struggling in this quasi-post-COVID world we're all living in. And to the delight of our rebellious side, we get our very first swear word on our podcast, So that's your warning for explicit content in this special bonus segment of episode 5 of We're Not
1: Blowing Hot Air. I had talked about some challenges earlier and what comes to my mind is the economic downfall in um, 08 09. Oxygen Plus moved through it quite well and then it plummeted. I think it was a number of reasons. Um, and financially, we're struggling a lot. And of course, businesses owe money. And I remember going to a board meeting and saying, I'm closing the business. Or no, I didn't say, I, I, I'm not sure exactly what, I, but anyway, I was making it very clear. It was changing and and we would not be proceeding as we had. So that was dramatic. You can imagine the response that people around that that board meeting had, about, about the, around that board meeting table.
0: So it was 2008. The economy. I think t- it was
1: 2009. It was okay. after. We moved through that, but then we couldn't sustain ourselves.
0: Was it related to decisions you made as a company or was it related
1: to the impact I, in the market? I think part of it was the market. Part of it was um, we had been, the team had been working on it for a while and weren't seeing the successes we had hoped. Some people had made lifestyle changes um, like moving, which made it harder for the continuity of the business to be successful. Um, and so I decided we're stopping, and and we're, ne- we're we can't afford the the financial output. So I was then the only person in the company besides a half term, half time tech person, and my son unfortunately for him, but fortunately for me, had been laid off and came on to help. Uh, so there we were. And and then I had a warehouse gal who was a hard worker. But, so we had had this place uh, rent-free, and all of a sudden, I didn't have that anymore because the fellow who owned that building suffered terribly financially. And, and one of his cohorts wanted to buy the business, but it was a bad deal. So I decided, time to get out of that building. So I moved our company to Rogers, Minnesota, which is probably 40 to 50 miles away from the initial headquarters. Set up shop, and that land, and remember, there's just a few of us now. And that lasted about three weeks. I go, OMG. What happened? The communication, getting the packages out on a timely manner, there were a number of things. What we thought would work did not. So here I am again within five weeks looking for another space. Found a trooper that knew the real estate around uh, Hopkins, Minnesota. He died in Minnesota. And we looked and looked and looked and we found a spot. And made a home.
0: Like an actual like state trooper?
1: No, he was a trooper as a person. Okay, got it. He was well connected. I'm just (laughs) visualizing. I mean, like he was a trooper that I mean he said, I think I can help you. And he put a lot of hours in and very grateful to him because we're we're going, Oh my goodness. So then I'm really looking at the company and saying, Well, maybe I should claim bankruptcy. And at this time, just to give
0: a little more color to it, you had sales coming in you yeah. had companies major either tell, tell me tell me what it was you don't have to name the retailer it's probably good if you didn't <laughs> but you had big retailers in in seashore and spa in hotels you had some major customers
1: correct? right and we did yes we had all that but we we had all the we also had a lot of debt with our um can company and because of the way the business wasn't held and some of the financial struggles that we had prior. So I'm saying, well, maybe it would be best to file bankruptcy. So I went and met with a business bankrupt attorney and he told me it was going to cost $26,000. I go, well, I might as well just keep in the business and make it work. (laughs) Are you kidding me? I go, really? I have to pay money to
2: go bankrupt. Yeah, that
1: kind of bothered me. And so I negotiated with all our vendors who were, were great and worked it all out. And at that point really became the lead person before I handed it over to all these people who were already established in their careers in this arena uh, and I learned a lot from watching them, what worked, what didn't work.
2: How did things build, build back up in that way? So from, you're almost ready to, to file bankruptcy and, and right. shut the doors and, but then you.
1: We built up slowly. Yeah. Yep. We very slowly. I mean, we.
0: Is that different than how you first launched it in 2003? Oh yes, because we had a
1: lot of, we had a lot more capital than that mm-hmm. initial 750. Um so we had capital to make it work, and now we didn't have capital. And I just have myself and the tech person and my loyal young girl in the in the warehouse, and she had to drive like thirty five miles to work every day. Mm-hmm. So, and so we we're all doing everything, um, and decided to start again.
2: At this point, do you you still have like a lot of the big accounts? We, you know. Or- we-
1: We didn't, I mean, we had more niche marketing, niche niche markets. However, we had the possibility, but we really needed the people. We didn't even have a salesperson.
2: Oh, okay.
1: We we had a tech part-time, my son who would do all the accounting because he's a finance dude, and me who said, okay, how can I start building the team? And I got a great engineer that to start with, because I the whole it's been very important to me how this product, all of our products are manufactured. Right. From a quality, from a offering mm-hmm. a lot of value. Right. I didn't that that was the most important thing to me, so I got a great engineer. And just slowly built up.
0: Scott and I were wondering what advice you have to people during this very vitriolic. And I have personally experienced in my last weekend trip to Chicago and on the airplane down to Florida today, really this kind of unkindness in our world. Uh, What's that about? And how does that relate to what you do every day as a leading a wellness company? I mean, how does that impact you? What should we be doing at Oxygen Plus to help help do our part and turn that around.
1: Well, I think there's a prolonged lack of answers for, or like, where is this world going? So, and people live in that and that brings them down and 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 they get fearful. And the many people in our world now are afraid because they don't have the answers. And they're living without the answers over time.
2: Are there any challenges or are there any hurdles that you had to overcome being like a... a- female entrepreneur and, and business owner and, and trying to even carve out this brand new category. I mean what challenges did you face and 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 how'd you overcome it?
1: Well I would say there was more of a challenge in my own family because we had a four generation family business, a Gunthrop Warren Printing Company, downtown Chicago, one two three North Wacker Drive. All right. And that's right on the river. <laughs> <laughs> right. Big time. All right. And I asked my grandfather when I graduated if I could come into the business. And he was quiet about it and I was his favorite. And my father didn't want me to. He had two sons. So they so in that business it was set up that the dividends would go to the women if you were married to one of the principals, male.
2: Mm, Okay.
1: And the stock went to the men. So I really didn't get anything from that business. And I thought I could give a lot and offer a lot. And I remember having a therapy session with my father talking about it. I still have the tape somewhere. So, that disappointment,
2: and because you because you were the daughter, you weren't the son.
1: Well, I'm not sure why. Probably mm. it's it's the old it's a paternalistic way, uh, old guard, established wealth way of doing business. Mm. So, as a therapist, I in my work with families, I empowered men and women. And in my work in businesses, I did the same. So for me, I had already figured it out. So there might have been some problem with other people that I was a woman. <laughs> there certainly wasn't a problem for me that I was
0: one.
2: Good for you. Yeah.
0: And you, know, and you knew how to handle the, those individuals who had a problem that maybe you were a woman, correct?
1: I did. I, I knew how to join people and how to empower people and how to deal with power. But not a lot of people do. I know that's right. something I, I had to
0: learn late in life. Right. It,
1: I wouldn't say it's late in life for you, but <laughs> we're always learning and getting better at it, I would say.
0: Yeah. If you, if your grandchildren, male or female, were to ask to be a part of a company you were in charge of, a la Oxygen Plus or something else, what would you say to them?
1: I would say, great. I'd love that. Go work somewhere else for five years and come back if you're still interested. (laughs) Develop competencies elsewhere and a sense of self in the workplace. And why? I know it's an
0: obvious question maybe, but.
1: They have to know how they stand in the world because it's too easy to become under the umbrella. And I want free thinkers and people speak up and not be quiet because it's family or not speak out too much because it's family.
0: Interesting. So I always thought it had to do with the fact you wanted the competencies and the skills to be there, but you're saying it was for the own the interpersonal
1: development. Oh, they don't have the companies for competencies, forget it.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, that's just
1: a, yeah.
0: But, but it's not about yeah, the don't. competencies. It's, out, it's also about having your own self individuation yes. or your own, like, okay. Yep.
2: I think that's really cool. I mean, you, you've, you, we've, you know, you always hear stories of how, you know, some people start businesses and they want to hand it off to their kids. And that's a kind of their dream or, or whatever. That's have their you. nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I think it's really cool that you're looking at it as go out, be an individual figure out who you are develop yourself if you're still interested and you're qualified come back and let's talk right yeah Mm -hmm. that's cool i like that
0: christine you've been able to interrupt the tendency of generations of of family businesses wrecking it don't they usually fail in the third or fourth generation Uh,
1: third usually
0: third okay how have you done that? And what, what is the insight in there that we can apply to our everyday lives as
1: just people going around? That's a heavy question. <laughs> that's a heavy question? I think that would be another podcast question.
0: Okay. Well, we'll the have inter- you
1: back.
2: Episode two. The,
1: yeah, I <laughs> think that's two. another. It's an intergenerational dynamic that plays itself self out in the business dynamic. And, that, that's, and there, there are some great people to talk about that. And you're one of them. I'm one of them. I can recommend some others as well. (laughs) All right. All right. Great. Um,
0: So I I just want to say um,
1: it's been interesting walking down memory lane uh, (laughs) (laughs) and the birthday, my 18th birthday of Oxygen Plus. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I also experienced it as intimate because it, Having your own business and developing it and and the people, it's personal. So we, we joined together personally um, today in this podcast. so thanks for giving me that opportunity and joining me.
2: Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, thanks for talking with us and and giving us the history and and all the insight into everything the category and the company and and all of that it's, it's It's been a lot of fun.
0: great. You rock, Christine, and you made it through without swearing, which is something I was surprised by as well.
2: Yeah, good job. You can totally swear. Even though we can swear. There it is. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed our interview with Oxygen Plus founder, Christine Warren. And be sure to subscribe to We're Not Blowing Hot Air so you never miss an episode. See you next time.